Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Identity Code. Today, we are talking with Brianna. And uh, Brianna, if you could just share with the listeners some things about yourself, what you do, um, and maybe some, some things that you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much, Brooke, for having me on. Um, I am from a super small town in New Hampshire, and I live out in Los Angeles now with my husband and my dog. I am a professional in the network marketing industry. I'm a wellness coach, um, and I am also the soon-to-be founder of Good Grief Company, which is a company that I have been able to build based on my own experiences. Um, and uh, my work in wellness coachings alongside of that. And honestly, it's just a result of my life's journey, my healing journey. And I'm really stoked for an official launch, um, which will be soon, but essentially it's working with people to uh, help them recognize and understand grief and process through it while simultaneously learning to balance our physical, mental, emotional health by utilizing um, healthier habits in your day-to-day life. Um, Essentially, you know, as if each healthy habit is a tool, I want to help you fill your toolbox. So whatever your life throws at you, you have what you need to fix it. That's amazing. (laughs) Especially because after like listening to you and just your story and, and the things that you're interested in now, it's seeming like it's coming full circle um, with this new project. That's so exciting. And I love the name. That is amazing. Yeah. So where did you start with your own healing journey? How did that um, develop for you? So I started my healing journey after I lost my youngest brother to suicide in 2019. Uh, It was something I just knew I couldn't handle on my own. I had an unlimited amount of questions. I, my life experiences, I've been through a lot and I've always been told, how are you so positive? I can't believe you've been through that. You don't look like the person who that's been your past life experience. And I never really thought anything of it. I didn't feel like this strong character. I didn't feel like I was the powerhouse of a woman that people sort of led me to believe and saw within me. Um, And then, so when this happened, I sort of realized oh gosh, this isn't something that I can handle. I don't know how to deal with this. I have questions. I'm the type of person that loves to research and um, seek the truth in things. And so I couldn't find that in, in suicide and um, what it was all about. And so mentors that I look up to and uh, lean on in life and just in hard situations, which we don't have mentors a thousand percent, you need to seek some out and find them for yourself. Um, but these are people that I trust. I love, and I truly value their opinion. And they, uh, all recommended that I seek help in, in counseling or therapy. And I started to see, obviously I knew that was kind of coming on the horizon, but I started to see how my, I, it, 
it's interesting. I started to see myself honestly as like a third party and how I saw my inability to do everyday things like feed myself or brush my hair or get out of bed or um, talk even at certain points. And I saw how also it was affecting my husband. Um, And mind you, this is all over the course of about three months, I'd say two, maybe three months. Um, And so I started to see all these things. So that really pushed me to get help. And I, I saw and met with a grief counselor. And of course, when you lose someone, you think of, you know, that's grief. Okay. Of course. So I showed up thinking that I was working through the grievance of losing my brother. When in fact, that was just the needle that broke the camel's back. And I realized I had been harboring so much grief from over the course of my life, various different losses, changes, adaptations that I needed to make that were the death of something before and just the start of something new. And any change in life will bring you grief, but I didn't know this emotion. I was unfamiliar. I thought I was unfamiliar with it. I was just unfamiliar with how to properly process it. I was very familiar with grief. So that really opened my eyes. And while I worked through the program to recover and complete my grief uh, surrounding the loss of my brother, I simultaneously was collecting tools to be able to do that groundwork and go back and heal several other grievances that I experienced in life. And through the process of completing that emotion, it really sort of catapulted me forward in life to be able to go on this healing journey, right? And it's not a a one week fix all. It's not a 12 step program that you're completely fine at the end of it. It is a journey. Um, And that, and the saying of the destiny, the Uh, it's not the destination. The journey is the destination. Something like there's a quote, something like that. Um, But it's so true when it comes to your healing, because you're learning and you're unbecoming and becoming all at the same time. And I truly believe that that's what it's about. And so um, to answer your question in the longest way possible, my healing journey started when I lost my brother and I was faced with something that I knew I could not handle or um, process on my own that forced me to seek help. And within the help, I realized how actually not okay I truly was, but it allowed me to begin the process of working on everything so that I could become okay and I could become that better version of myself. Wow, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You and I have talked about this before, but just really getting a picture of what that um, looks like for you just hit a little bit different this time. Um, The part about the unbecoming and it being a wake-up call is what really stuck out to me. And um, the fact that you have been able to see it uh, in a different light, you know, if it were me, I don't know that I would have been able to come out of that and see it as the catalyst for my own change. So that's amazing. And, um, it is no small feat for sure. 
when, when a family member passes away. I do have a follow-up question for you. What yeah. was, because you mentioned something about witnessing yourself as a third party. And I understand that um, obviously, because we're in a different space, but for those that are listening, what did that um, feel like? What did you become aware of as you were watching yourself and your daily life and how your past experiences have affected your life? So I think, and again, this goes back to what people were telling me over the course of my life, you know, I experienced um, just growing up in a really um, underserved community. I was not, I was from an incredibly broken home. I experienced uh, substance abuse firsthand, all sorts of things that I had to battle and work through and overcome abandonment from a parental figure and a lot, but it never seemed like a lot at the time. And like I said, I didn't feel this hard exterior. I didn't feel the, the, the emotional walls that I had built up internally. <laughs> um, I, I never identified with that, but people saw that strength. They saw that grit and the gumption within me that regardless of the situations going on around me, that I would prevail and push through. And, um, when I was at my lowest, it's almost as if I was seeing what people had saw all along in me because I, I felt like I was outside of my body and I was watching myself crumble and fall on the floor crying. And I just kept thinking, that's not me. That's not me. And so that sort of gave me the light that everyone else had seen me in all along. And then I realized, okay, <laughs> now I know this is something that I cannot get through and I need help because now I'm seeing what everyone else saw in me, the strengths. And simultaneously, I'm feeling this great weakness. And I just don't know how to balance out the two. I don't know how to do this on my own. And so I think sort of you know, it, it's so weird. It was like, I was looking in a mirror at times and I would like see myself behind myself as weird as that sounds. I would see like what I was doing an hour ago, laying in bed, scrolling on endlessly on my phone. I would see myself, um, sitting on the couch, like with the TV on, but staring through the TV, um, all of these different things. I would just kind of take a, like my mind would take a quick minute and fly up above and look down and kind of see and just question, you know, this is not you, this is not who you are, what is going on here? Um, and so that allowed me to sort of uh, jumpstart this healing journey. I think that answers your question. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, that's fascinating. I wondered if other people had some of those same experiences. I've, I've had that where I'm watching myself in real time do stuff, wondering what is going on. <laughs> and I sometimes wondered, is it like the universe and I'm plugged into the universe and it's watching me or is this like my higher self? What's going on? But the ability to third party witness um, yourself is so amazing, especially when you're in the lowest parts of life, because it's like now the lights are turned on. You can't avoid it. You see the thing. And now you have to 
um, address it or you continue to choose to be unconscious. So I love that explanation. Um, during that process, what were some of the limiting beliefs or major hurdles that you've had to overcome so that you can show up as your best self? Oh goodness. That's a good question. Um, the first one that comes to mind is that time doesn't heal. (laughs) I thought, um, you know, you could wait it out. Um, you could, you know, in time I'll feel better and not just with, the loss of my brother, um, uniquely, that's probably the first time I realized like, this is never going to feel better. This is always going to suck because he's never coming back. But I realized through healing that that rule time doesn't heal applies to everything in life. If you break your arm and you just, you you wait it out, you don't go to the doctor, you wait it out. It is not going to fix itself. Um, you need to go to the doctor and have it placed and appropriately in a sling or a cast or whatever to have it heal correctly. And the same goes with your heart and your emotions. When they break, you can't just wait it out and expect them to fix themselves. Action is the only thing that will help you in healing. And that action can be a number of different things, but the most important thing is to take the action. And for me, I think in that pause where I was witnessing myself crumble in front of my own eyes, I think that's when I had that realization that there is no waiting this out. You need to take action and you need to take it now for your health and the health of those around you. Um, Another barrier that I realized was being strong for others is fake. (laughs) You do not need to be strong for others. The greatest thing that you can do for the people around you and that love you the most is be vulnerable Uh, Brene Brown says it is your superpower. And I a thousand percent agree because when you're a vulnerable, it allows other people to take down their heart exterior and be vulnerable too. And vulnerability is a space where healing happens there. They are not mutually exclusive. They do in fact need to run parallel to each other. And so in order to unlock the ability to heal and move forward. I truly think you need that vulnerability. And so you kind of have to take down those walls, that tough exterior and let people in and simultaneously, what a great lesson to be able to show people that, Hey, I know I come across as tough and ambitious and I can get through anything. I can do everything, but I'm human. You need to show people that you have human experiences and you also operate like a human. Um, and it does not take anything away from your strengths or your power. So, um, that was another lesson that you do not need to be strong for others. Um, and then I think the third most powerful one was probably that you are not your emotions. So we can sort of get entrapped in our feelings and our emotions. And I think it's because we're never, ever taught how to process them. <laughs> our entire lives, we're taught how to acquire things and gain constantly, you know, get good grades to get into a good college, go to a good college and get a degree to get a great job get a great job, to get a good paycheck, to get a house, to get a wife, to get a family, to get, 
and everything is just to acquire. No one ever tells us how to lose, how to lose anything, whether it's a human or something or a job or getting a, uh, a letter with a decline in it from a, an institution, no matter what it is, we're not taught how to lose and how to process those emotions. And when those emotions happen and when they come, which they do for every human who walks the planet, we'll all handle it based on what we have been socialized to understand how to process sadness or grief or change. And that's based on our families, what we're ingesting via audio or the TV or the people around us, how we see our friends handle a loss or a change. Um, that all is impressioned upon us. And when we face these difficulties and challenges, that's how we process emotions. And we can get stuck in those emotions because we do not know how to appropriately process them. And when you begin to live in your emotion, you begin to take the identity of it. I'm the sad girl. Oh, I'm depressed. I'm just always going to be depressed. And now when you associate yourself with that identity, that's when things get really, really difficult. Um, and it's just, it's not a healthy place at all. So I think the third one was recognizing that I am not my emotions. My emotions are simply messages that I need to take into consideration and learn to understand the message and work through it. Um, but yeah, those were probably the three biggest I love that. I feel like I'm whenever I talk to you, I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> is she in my brain? Um, I I love all three of those and I resonate with every single last one. Um, and especially the last one. You you and I have talked about how society has taught us to be consumers. Um but we have not been taught the most important thing that we need in this entire reality, which is ourselves. And um, I remember kind of waking up and realizing like, there's thoughts there. Have they always been there? And do they always talk this loud? Like, what, it, what is that about? Um, and the identity of feelings definitely resonated with me. We always hear people, I, I even at one point, I am depressed and it's like, well, of course, course you're going to feel the identity of that because you're saying that's who you are um and so I definitely have gone through that whole process also um and then the not needing to be strong for others I absolutely have been there where it was like no we're just gonna stuff things in the closet and keep it pushing and the deeper I go with myself the easier it is to be deeper with other people and um, some relationships didn't sustain, you know, with my family and some have definitely increased, um, which leads me to my next question for you. How have your experiences um, shifted your relationships and your business or even your relationship with yourself? Oh my goodness. Another good one. They've, they've catapulted everything forward in the most beautiful and messy way possible. <laughs> um, it's helped me. It's helped my relationship with myself because I am able to understand my actions from my reactions and I'm able to understand root causes as opposed to, again, just claiming the identity of a reaction. Um, and so 
it's really helped um, me just feel better about myself, me to understand who I am and accept who I am and also love who I am without question. It has helped me with my relationship with others in terms of understanding them, having more compassion for people because um, you, you know, the cliche saying is true. You never know what someone is going through, but that's tenfold. I remember the day I found out about losing my brother. Uh, I was at, I was at my church and like, I'm so thankful that I was there because I had that support, but we left and, and I, you know, was on the phone with family members all day and I needed to leave for, I didn't know how long I thought I was going to be gone for a month. So I live in Los Angeles and all of my family is from New Hampshire and I needed to go back to New Hampshire. And so I knew I was leaving and it wasn't, um, it wasn't possible for my husband to come with me for the entire time. And so I just needed to in my mind, I needed to prepare the house. I remember getting, um, not obsessed, but I remember just, writing a list of things I need to do before I leave. And one of them was go to the grocery store. And I remember this one grocery store associate came up to me and was like cracking jokes, like regular. And I just kind of smiled at him and walked away (laughs) and I didn't have any words. I didn't know how to be a human or operate. I was just there to get X, Y, Z and go home. And that's all I could think of and process. But I just remember thinking, gosh, how did, I wonder if he thinks I'm mad at him and what I, what a ridiculous thing to focus on in the time that I was experiencing in, in the grief that I was presently living in, but we get so, um, we get so caught up in our emotions, a, but B, you know, just, um, I think it speaks true to you truly do never know what people are going through. So just have compassion and grace on people in every situation. I remember thinking, gosh, I hope he doesn't think I'm weird. The next time I go food shopping, if he sees me, I hope he doesn't think I'm like rude. (laughs) Um, And, you know, not only are those nice things to think, but I don't think anyone should have to think those because if we approach everyone with grace and compassion, then that's not even a second thought. Um, and so it's allowed me to have both of those on everyone that I come into contact with. It's allowed me to love people deeper because I can see, um, and this kind of sounds weird, but I can see through their pain to a, something that they maybe need to work on, or, uh, maybe it's not them, but maybe it's just how they're perceiving things. Um, you know, if someone is lashing out or reacting, well, it's likely not that small thing (laughs) and it's likely something that's greater. I think that's another, um, superpower when you dive into vulnerability and healing and using those to help people. I think, um, it gives you, I always say loss gives you a new lens on life. Um, and I think it gives you the lens to be able to see people, deeper than their surface level expressions, personality and reactions. Um, so it's helped my relationships in that sense, because not only am I approaching people with more grace and compassion, but also I'm just loving people to their core, regardless of a particular reaction or lash out or anything. Um, because you can, you just see them at their core and, 
yeah, so it's helped my, my relationships externally that way. Um, it's helped my relationship with business and work because it completely changed my life direction. Um, you know, when you lose someone, you, I was thinking of legacy. I was thinking of the fact that I want people to remember my brother for who he is and not how he passed. I was thinking about the legacy that he would leave behind. I was thinking about ways that I could honor him and love him from afar. Um, and, and thinking about legacy and my own healing journey, it just really opened my eyes to a greater way that I can help people and help people in really hard, difficult and unfamiliar territory within their lives. And so it um, really helped me focus on my network marketing business um, to build that up because I was helping people with their physical health. And that drew the, it op helped open my eyes and, and draw the connection between our physical health and our emotional health, because I was doing things for my physical health, like moving daily. And I was doing things like nourishing my body. Um, and, uh, and those became unconscious actions that when I was in the thick of it and I wasn't able to function on my own, <laughs> these were unconscious actions that I was still doing. So I know they were helping my body and helping me work through that healing process. So that sort of opened my eyes to the physical health, but, and how it's connected to our emotional and mental health. And then because I drew that connection and that understanding that sort of catapulted the idea and birth of good grief company, which is uh, helping people understand that balance as if it's an upside down triangle, trying to balance on one point, um, each point, your emotional, mental, and physical health needs to be catered to in the same way. So you're able to hold that balance, um, and, and giving them the tools to do that while teaching people to recognize and understand grief because grief is the root emotion that's at a lot of your turmoil and a lot of your trouble. And usually it's at the base of your healing. There is a drastic change or loss there that feels incomplete. And so it's working with people to take daily actions to balance that and dive deep down and complete whatever feels incomplete. And, um, so it, it, it truly catapulted me into a, a, I don't want to say a season, but a lifestyle of relief and, um, relief confidence and a sort of peace to just move forward with what I'm doing because I've identified a, a true passion in how I was helped and how I want to help others. And then again, it, it helped my personal and my other relationships drastically as well. Wow. I love all of that. Um, I wrote down a loss gives you a new lens on life. I, I love that. And I, I think so as well. Um, I, I too am able to see through people's pain. So that's not weird at all. Um, it's actually a superpower and it allows you to not really get upset when they, you know, say things or, or feel a certain way and the ability to help people, um, even though you've been through your own challenges is like, 
absolutely amazing. And it's, you know, as I am learning more about myself and what my overall mission is, I'm seeing, you know, the healers, the coaches, the mentors, um, in a completely different way. And it's much deeper than what I think society commercializes it to be. We are moving the needle for this planet. You know, um, we're changing the vibration of people mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So that's not weird, nor is it, um, something that I just personally think is, you know, a career or a profession. It's like a, a legacy, you know? Um, yeah. so I love that for you. And I love how you have been able to turn it into your legacy and it just all fits like all pieces of the puzzle fit, um, and how you've been able to get deeper with your relationships and then also show up for other people and pave the way. Um, because we don't know, um, when we're deep in the thick of it, we have no idea what is going on. And I, I think that anyone who is able to um, kind of figure out the pieces and, and place them where they're supposed to go and then, you know, light up the path for other women or other individuals is just amazing. Um, and it's, I feel like it's like a God gift, you know, um, yes. I figured it out. So you don't have to, is what I always say. So I love that for you. And I'm excited to see that unfold um, in your new project. Uh, I just love the name too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so, all of it is so amazing. All you of know, it is. You know, what's so funny. And I don't even know why I thought of this. I mean, my, my initial instinct was I want to teach people that grief isn't bad. Grief can be good because it can teach you so many different things. If you learn to understand this one emotion, it can change the trajectory of your life. And I'm not kidding. So I wanted to change people's perception of grief and that it's not bad. It is good. But my, I think of it every time and I don't even know where it comes from, but I think of like this old grandma, like in the kitchen cooking, just saying good grief child. And I don't know where I've seen that <laughs> scene, but it repeats over and over in my mind when I think of the name and it just makes me so happy. <laughs> so I'm like, if I, if I get this in my mind, every time I say and think of the name of the company, like I will be forever happy. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's a sign as well. When you are on the right path and things just seem to be clicking into place. Um, I too feel like that about my own vision. So it definitely sounds like you um, feel that about yours as well. And that's extremely important um, when you are building a legacy, because it's something that's going to sur surpass you and, um, you know, your children and your children. Well, that's my hope for you. That's my intention for you is that it surpasses you and your children and your children's children, because it's that processing grief is um, there's not enough of that. You know, there's not enough people talking about the tools and resources that are available to you. Right. So my last question for you is what are your favorite go-to practices when you have a deep challenge to overcome? Ooh, okay. 
I have to think about this one. My favorite practices when I have a deep challenge to overcome, I think first and foremost is movement. I, and this could be because I grew up as an athlete, but I would just recommend any human being do whatever movement you can do. If you, uh, if you struggle with knee problems and working out is really hard for you, well, can you stand up and sit down a couple extra times um, on a chair in your living room? Um, I will always, 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 always choose movement, whether it is weightlifting in the gym. I love to lift heavy weights or if it's hot yoga to stretch it out. I will, we have lots of like outdoor stairs here in LA for some reason. So I will go run some stairs. Um, always, always, always movement. And then my second thing is to make sure, have I had my proper nourishment today? Because our bodies are, are, I, I feel like our bodies are a tool for our brain and soul to use. And in order for it to use, you need it to be, um, if you think, you know, if, if it's a vehicle, not a tool for our brain and our souls to use, well, it needs the proper gas and fuel for it to operate appropriately or, um, normally. So what are you feeding your body? What are you giving your body? So I always try to make sure my body is nourished, um, with lots of vegetables, proper vitamins and nutrients. Um, so, and that could look like the form of going to the farmer's market after a run or, um, just going to the grocery store and buying a ton of vegetables and challenge yourself and see what you can make with a bunch of vegetables. Even if it's just roasting them and eating them with a little bit of salt and pepper, it's so good for your body to get that natural nourishment. So those are two really good things that I'll do when I'm in the thick of it. And when I'm in like the real, real thick of it, when I feel like I absolutely can't function, I will always throw on uh, an uplifting personal development podcast, or I usually it's always a podcast. Sometimes I'll try to dive into a book and I just cannot focus, but when someone else is talking, um, I feel like I can tune in and out and slowly, but surely it will, um, it will become more regular that I am listening to it fully and I can ingest the information. Um, I do often share with people though, that, um, you know, in the process of moving through a difficult situation or a grievance, um, you do not want to run to distraction. And so I don't encourage listening to a podcast or going to work out or going to like eat a really good meal. I don't recommend using those as distraction. Um, and one really important thing, how you can identify if you are doing that, right? Because we have these tools of physical movement, nourishment, um, mental nourishment. We have all of these tools, but to know if you're using the wrong tool for the job, look at your patterns. Patterns always have a purpose. And when you look at your patterns, you'll understand if it, this is just a short-term energy releasing behavior or if this is truly helping you along your healing path, um, a short-term energy releasing behavior is something that you'll cling on to for a season because it's allowing you to rid of this difficult emotion that you're feeling and it will only work for so long. And so you'll know it's a serve if you start it and then you stop it and you move on to something else. So for example, 
for someone, it could be that they start dancing and they're really loving dancing and it's releasing their energy and they feel really good. And they're going to dance classes two to three times a week and they're really loving it. And then they all of a sudden stop and then they move on to working out and they're in the gym for two to three hours and they're working out time and time again. And all of a sudden, you know, after a couple months, again, it stops and they're into online shopping. And then it's like, you can't have enough, um, outfits or jumpsuits or shoes. And then all of a sudden that's not releasing your energy anymore. You become numb to it. And so you move on to the next activity that is going to be a short-term releasing behavior. And we call those stirbs. And so you want to look at the patterns in your life. Yes, we have these tools, um, and tools that are healthy for us, like nourishment of our mind, body and movement. However, they can become stirbs. So just always check your patterns because there is a purpose to them. And when you're in the thick of it, just remember nourishment is the answer, (laughs) um, whether it's mental with a podcast, physical with nutrients, um, or movement. So remember those, but then also check your patterns. Wow. I, I swear it's like talking to myself, (laughs) (laughs) everything that you say, I talk about all the time, um, patterns being the most important part because the patterns are, are going to be what leads you to the solution. And, um, it's so fascinating how our bodies, our souls, everything is just working so beautifully, even if it's to self-sabotage ourselves. And that's one thing that I had to really pay attention to. And it was the only thing that really brought me to an awareness, like, okay, wait a minute. I do this certain behavior over and over again, and it yields this specific result. And I've had this happen a couple of times. That's not by accident. That's a pattern. And I need to figure out what all is going on there. So I do that as well. Um, every day, all day (laughs) and, um, movement. I definitely have gotten into some yoga stuff, which I really love. I haven't been to the gym because of COVID, but I love movement as well. Um, and I, I haven't gotten into podcasts, so maybe I'll get some recommendations from you a little bit later, (laughs) but I appreciate you. Um, and I'm glad that we could do this. It's been a long time coming. And um, before we close out, if you could give people um, some ways in which they could reach out to you, if they feel like they want to connect deeper, that would be great. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. The, um, and the best way to contact me is going to be through Instagram right now. And my handle is at underscore Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Fatel, F as in Frank, A-T-T-A-L. So Instagram, just shoot me a message. I am always on there and I will absolutely get back to you. And I would love to help you, even if it's just with a question or a bit of information, but thank you so, so, so much, Brooke, for having me on, taking the time and listening, because that is an art form that I feel like a lot of people have neglected. Um, So I appreciate you and I appreciate all the work that you're doing, um, especially for women. You just do incredible things to help women break barriers, break through walls, overcome and become. And that is incredibly honorable. So thank you for um, what you do. And again, thanks for having me on.
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure that I post your contact details in the description so that people can have their way to reach out to you. But I appreciate you and I'm excited for the next time and all of the great things that you're going to be doing. I watch. I may not always be, um, you know, on Instagram like you, but I do watch and pay attention and I see the growth and it's amazing to witness. And I'm very um, grateful that we connected and that we have been able to grow our friendship as well. Yes, me too. Thanks, girl.